Oh, uh, Scott, what do you, what's going on? I'm fortifying the dojo. What? Did you cut the legs off the gaming table? Yeah, they'll grow back. Uh, I got your text about the world being cast into darkness, masquerading vampires, and a werewolf apocalypse. <sighs> Put your glasses on and read the text again. Oh, uh, oh, I, yeah. We're talking modern horn adventures this week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters, as well as experienced and new players alike. We hope to bring you the tools needed to not only be a great GM, but to help you develop as a player. I'm your host, Louis Aponte. Our stars of the show are Scott Labby and Bill Robotile. Let's enter the dojo and see what both Bill and Scott have in store for us today. Happy Halloween, fellow DMs, GMs, referees, judges, game operations directors, and all their varieties of storytellers. This is Aaron. And Jared from the Level Up Your Gaming podcast, and this is the Dungeon Masters Dojo. So how's everything going, Jared and Aaron? It's going good. How are you guys? It's good to see you again. Oh, it's awesome. And thanks for joining us. As always, thank you. For joining. Yes, it's a, it's a pleasure having us. you here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and this is a perfect, perfect opportunity to have you guys on because this is our Halloween special. And... <laughs> <laughs> and uh you are the horror guy so who better well jared's the the main horror guy i mean he he he, kn- he knows I what he's doing horror. With, uh, the horror genre i love horror everything about it as do i as do i uh before we get into things let's uh let's just mention a little bit about the level up your gaming podcast go check them out new episodes drop every wednesdays and follow them on the facebook at facebook.com backslash level up your gaming. So why modern and horror? What's the draw for you guys? Jared, how do you go first? Okay. I was going to, I was going to give you the uh, privilege. Um, so why modern and why horror? Um, modern, all the, uh, all of my players have always said, Jared, you can't, you can't do a game without Glocks and Ferraris. Uh, they... <laughs> I have a t-shirt that says the same thing. <laughs> I, you know what? It's it's oh man, I'm I'm gonna be embarrassed, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys in on a uh, on a deep seated uh, secret of why I fear uh, doing ancient times. Um, we won't tell anyone except for all the listeners. Thank, thank you. <laughs> We're gonna keep this a secret between you, me, and your hundreds of thousands of listeners. You've heard it here, folks. <laughs> so so do you know tell. What's Go. In my mind's eye, I have a difficulty picturing the clothing of the period. It's, you have, you, you honestly, haven't gone to enough Ren fairs. I haven't. I've been to one my entire life. I think one, maybe two, my entire life. I have I have such difficulty with it, and it's it's embarrassingly stupid, but it's it's the truth. And so that's why the the modern is such a draw to me, because I live in it, I experience it, I know what's going on every day. Uh, a vast geopolitical system, telecommunications, globalization. There's a lot that's going on in this space. Not that there isn't in sci-fi 
or in uh, you know ye olden days, uh, or even the Wild West. There's there's a lot to that, and, it, and any storyteller, DM, GM can bring that into their game. But to an extent, you know, I, I really like the idea of you know my Glock. I love my Glocks. Yeah, I I, I, I was I was gonna say well one it's a, I think it's an easy genre to relate to modern times we all live in it uh you know so it, it's easy to kind of put yourself in it and envision what the world looks like um and i think that there's a nice thing about the fantasy genre in that you know we have enough visualization in you know movies and other representation and books that you can kind of work yourself into that but the modern genre is something that you know just is very easy to relate to and jared just has a knack for telling in it jared has tried telling stories that do not have guns and they just they tend to go off the rails, and he just that tends to lose interest much, much faster than you than you would hope him to lose interest in the games. So. Did you ever do any like D and D stuff? Yeah, um, I think. Oh, do you mean if I've story told? I've played in it. Never really. St- I tried to story tell. It wasn't very successful, and it didn't last very long. Probably two, three sessions at most. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. We've we, we, we all played in it. I mean, it's a, it's one of those things that I think right now I'm playing in a D&D campaign with uh, with another group of friends, uh, just trying to kind of broaden my my horizons here and, and try some different things. And the, you guys were gracious enough to have us uh, for the, uh, the hybrid gaming session, which was, which was really nice. So uh, it, it was just good to kind of experience some different game systems and that haven't been D10 World of Darkness that we've been kind of playing in. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a that real was. good time. We had a blast with that. See, I'm one of those people that jump. I will jump from a game system to a game system in a, in a, a drop of a hat because I've played so many over the decades. See, unlike the rest of you, I remember the Renaissance. I lived through it. So, you know, the, the, the clothing and things like that is not a big deal for me. He's I, wearing I, his I, cod piece right now. I, I, I wear it all the time. <laughs> Just, I mean, if you're going to have something jewel encrusted, let it hang out there. I mean, or but, just encrusted. Or just encrusted. <laughs> So, yeah, I love jumping game systems. Uh, some people will be it's like, no, no, I play only this one or only these two. Um, I'll play anything that's thrown out in front of me and uh, and yeah, have a blast with it. I think that's good for, like, a refre- like always a good way to freshen up kind of the, the monotony of the game system, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, we started with Palladium, like you guys. I, remember, I know you guys were big into Palladium for a long time. We, we started yep. there uh, with Heroes yep. Unlimited and Rifts and, and all those different ones when we were growing up, and Jared pulled out World of Darkness one day, second ed werewolf, and that was the the start down the uh, the path. That was the start down the horror path. Now you guys mentioned World of Darkness a lot. Have you upgraded to Chronicles of Darkness? And any of the changes that came with that? No, no. I, I okay, I'll be open and honest. When I when I saw Chronicles of Darkness, I, I saw it as a as a pitch for money. You know, re reskin something that really was well done it just seemed like because we've done so much homebrew and so many changes ourselves you know we really didn't see a need for the for the reskin and the different dice system um i i feel like white wolf and the d10 system uh provides a complete enough package there's only like a few areas where i feel like they could improve on their rules section namely wilderness survival because you know you need to know when your character's going to freeze to death it helps. <laughs> Helpful for me now. But but really, you know, their combat is is quick, it's brutal, it's um it, it's it's very much like combat in, in, in real life. 
and and you know it's really I, I feel like they've got a very solid system so when they came out with all that stuff I, all i saw it was here guys try to purchase another bundle and i was like nope 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 well, i mean i, I, mean, we, I can we, we, i can relate yeah. to that too because i mean we played 2.5 you know 2.0 2.5 for ever and ever and ever and it wasn't until they went back to five where they went back to you know rules light and role play yeah. heavy that we decided to jump ship and try it and it, it harkens all the way back to the original set where your your rules mm-hmm. light and role play heavy and, and that now we've glommed onto it. Of course now you're starting to see books come out and books come out and books come out. So there yeah. you know that, that engine's gonna start You're on that up, treadmill yeah, again. That treadmill's gonna start up real fast and then you know and, and down <laughs> the tracks you go. But um yeah, I was just curious because I mean I picked up the Chronicles of Darkness because I had the World of Darkness already. And I picked up the Chronicles mm-hmm. just to see what the changes were gonna be. Like I do in like my modules and things like that. I'll read uh-huh. material and then I'll glean from it what I want and then incorporate it into the world that I have. So you you're answered the question, and then you stepped right into the next one. Uh, you know, Do you blend campaign settings in your home brew, and, and how do you approach that? I mean, we already know you, you're firmly entrenched in World of Darkness. Have you pulled anything yeah. out of any of the game systems and revamped it for yours? I'm actually going to let Aaron take this one because he actually started off the Detective series uh, and, and what it's been growing into. So I'm going to let Aaron take that. Well, so, yeah, so what happened was we, we played World of Darkness, and we kind of jumped around between several different systems. We played some Star Wars. Uh, we did some Aberrant. We did Scion. We did, we did a bunch of different ones, which are all kind of in the same realm of the, the D20 system, or sorry, the D10 system, mm-hmm. and the D20 system in the case of Star Wars. And with the World of Darkness, if you've ever played it, what you're going to notice when you try to mix two books together is that nothing plays well in the sandbox together. Uh, they, it's, just, it's just not designed for werewolves and vampires don't mix and mages don't mix well with any of them. And then hunters are just a whole different thing on their, their own side. I mean, like, it, I, I don't think we've ever told a successful hunter campaign. Uh, Actually, to I have. Actually, I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to pick your brain on that sometime. <laughs> we've never been able to do it. Um, but the... Uh, but the, the, the interesting thing is that I think after we finished a major mage campaign, I was talking like three years of like kind of there's three yep. different chronicles over three years. Jared said, you know, I'm sick of not being able to put my things in the in the sandbox. That I want to put in the sandbox together. And so that's where he kind of came up with this idea of the world of the, of the night folk. And from that, he kind of had the motivation to change the power sets between vampires and werewolves and kind of their motivations behind the world and not have this kind of apocalyptic setting uh, that you're, that you're kind of driving to like the, he's, he effectively started writing his own little blurbs and, and sections to kind of build a world of kind of magic around uh, you know, and, and supernatural around uh, the system itself. So um, what we did is we said, well, we like the core rules of how the game plays with the D10 system. Let's just use the D10 system and let's play with our own world. Let's create our own world and kind of homebrew our own thing. And so, you know, thankfully with like the the 20th anniversary of some of these books that came out for the uh, the World of Darkness, they really consolidated a lot of the rules to one place that you could find them. And once you have that, you kind of have a, a, a wealth of how the, the system plays, and then we can just add our own stuff on top of that. That's when you really yeah, you talk. begin to own a game, I think, is when you start looking at the game and, and making it your own. You know, you're using the rule sets for the most part, but then you're, then you're going, you know what, I, I, I think 
our game needs a little more of this and a little less of that, and that's when you really own the game. Yeah, you use the yeah. engine and you you provide all the cars. Exactly. You know, you know, if you're going to jump on the tracks and, 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 you know, and buy the material and, like you said, you jump on the rails and it goes one way, well, okay, that's fine, but I'm going to use the engine, but I'm going to build my own cars. And we, we can appreciate that because we've, we've done something similar as well you know, for, you know, for our own world. You know, we used a fifth, fifth edition engine and then built our own world around it. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid engine. I mean, why, why, yeah. why break the engine? I mean, just put your own tires on it and skin out the car the way you like it. I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so how long has your current campaign been going on, and uh, how long do you see it going? Let's see, Aaron, what, two years? About two and a half years into it right now. So the so – yeah, go ahead, Jared. No, no, so it's been about two and a half years, and honestly – I see it going much further. You know, we are, we've really designed like this really unique world. So when, when Aaron story tells, cause um, you know, we do collaborative storytelling, which is uh, we rotate on and off uh, storytellers. So for example, our buddy, Brian will storytell, I'll storytell, Aaron will storytell. And there are different stories within the same universe with the same characters. I mean, honestly, uh, Aaron just ended a game uh, last or a story last week, and he left it on such a cliffhanger that I have thought about coming over to his house and threatening him to ask him what his plans are. Job well <laughs> done. Job well done. <laughs> it was such an immense cliffhanger that, like, I am. I don't even want to do my game because I just want to do, or I don't want to do my story because I want to get to Aaron's story because I want to know what his plan is because it is just it was such a cliffhanger and we've and it's really interesting because uh most of these games are, are ending on cliffhangers and so we're all waiting for the next person the next part of their story and so i i see this one going on for years oh so you I, make I them wait see... <laughs> oh yeah 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 so so the uh the way it worked out was that when we started doing the, we call it our detective series. You probably heard us talk about it on the podcast before. Yeah. But um, the 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 way it worked out was is that we finished we finished a mage game that ended with a failure condition, so total party wipe basically at the end of it, uh, more or less. And yeah, Jared's Jared's brother was playing with us along with we had a couple remote players, so Brian's remote and uh, his Jared's brother's girlfriend's remote, and we had. Dave, who is local, but he never came over for whatever reason. I don't know why. But um, he's so, much more so comfortable like with his own. But but Jared's brother said said, "Hey, why don't we do this this rotating storyteller thing where everybody tells a story and it's kind of a detective noir, you know, this kind of world and, and feeling to it." And so I'm like, I don't know. Like, what if somebody really doesn't want to tell a story? You've got players in your group who just are not like. I guess you don't feel confident enough to tell a story with it. With it, hopefully our podcast will make you feel like you could tell a story. That's the whole point of them, right? So, we're, we're trying to. We're trying point. to. But uh, so, so we're like, okay, just make them like real short stories, like two to five sessions, so on and so forth. So I, I pick up the first one. I don't think it's anything spectacular. It's just a, it's just a little two to five session story. Um, and but it takes those characters, and every other story is now just a little bit in the future of that story. So after you finished healing, after you finished whatever, the, the, the detectives get their next thing. It's a lot like, um, like Supernatural in, the, in that aspect. And uh, that just really took off. And Jared 
took the next story, and then I took the one after that, and our friend Ken took a story, and then Brian took a story. And so it really got people who never told stories in our group to, to pick up and actually tell stories. And it, we, we basically said, you know, you can use whatever elements that we've presented within the world. Nothing I have given in my game is, is exclusive to me. Just pick up what, I, what I've done. And if you like something that I, I threw out in my game, Incorporate it in yours and make it something else. Fill in the holes within our world that we're kind of building together. Nice, nice. We did we did something not not entirely dissimilar from no. that not no, long not ago. All. Yeah, it's it's funny too how how well that works. You know, it's kind of like your players are almost like ten year olds at dinner time. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't like broccoli. All right, just have three little pieces of broccoli, and then they're like, oh, okay, well I can manage three pieces of broccoli. This is yeah. all right, you know. And I think they see those little. Um, little short stories, those little pulpy short story things is, you know, just a little bit of broccoli. I could choke it down. That's not that bad. And that's how you get them to really take more and more and more on. Yeah, they, they take the reins. And then the next time, like, well, maybe it wasn't so bad. And I'll, maybe I'll have four pieces of broccoli this time, you know. And and <laughs> and, and it nurtures – well, it nurtures their skills, uh, their confidence, which is huge. And that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest obstacles is people just don't feel confident about it. They watch other people game, you know, game master and storytell, and they're like, "Wow, these guys are freaking awesome." There's no way I could do that. But then they get those yeah. little, these little, you know, chips and and, and tidbits here, and they're like, "Well," and we all pat them on the back. Great job! I like this part. I like that part, and and it bolsters them, and and they're willing to do it again, and then maybe again, and and their parts get a little bigger. You know, yep. not that we're making it bigger for them. They're willing to make it bigger themselves. And, and before long, you've nurtured yet another storyteller. And, and when you say we did that, probably right before COVID, we were doing like every other week, somebody would take over, do a quick one shot. Yes. And I think very, that, very that, that helped, you know, somebody like me, um, a couple of the Marcus and Mike. Well, Mike is a different story. He's, he just brought the whole table and just <laughs> laid it out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that, what you just said is, you know, that's how we build up our confidence because, at least in my eyes and some of the other guys playing or running under you guys, you, know, you guys set the bar up here. We're, and our thoughts like, how can we ever touch that? Well, you don't, well, it's, you it's don't know until you reach that bar. Yeah, you don't need it's, to. It's, yeah. about, it's, about, yeah. it's about working your way up to that level. I mean, they, yeah. they've been doing it for 30 years. I mean, like, you, you've got, and if you have always been the DM of your group, you are, you know, you are, are well practiced in the art of, you know, improvising and um you know telling the story and and, and managing the table and flowing with the story and when you're when you're a player who's playing under that and you've been playing under for a decade two decades however long it's been it's just you know you 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 look at that and you go how could i ever do it well if you're like just tell a good story just tell a good one two two session story tell that a couple times and then you start feeling pretty confident where you're like Hey, I could tell something a little bit bigger than that. I could tell something a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, but I think and, and a lot it's of us, for us. Yeah, yeah, a lot of us are saying we're ready to to take the the bigger chair now, not just the big chair. And we're ready for it too. Hell you know, we, yeah! <laughs> we got to cultivate these youngins before dementia hits, and I forget how to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, you said now. You said you guys use the same characters in three different stories. So, yes, it, we all have, it, uh, so we oh, we, ahead, did, we did something very similar, but what we let everyone is make three characters, and every time we started a new oh, story, you could choose amongst the three the three characters you have for this one city. And the city started with just a main street, 
And then everyone has told a piece of story would add something to it and add something to it. And the city was getting larger and larger and larger because people would build parts along with their story and we'd add it to the world. And if you got a half dozen people at your table and everyone goes, well, the next story, I'm going to play my same character. And one person changes their character. The dynamic of the entire table changes. Um, and it's, a, and I it's like fun. That. I mean, and yeah, and everyone, and we started baseline zero, one experience point type deal. And everyone builds them up slowly. And it, it also gives you that, that sense of, of feeling like your character is being built from scratch because you're not moving quickly. You know, three game sessions, I'm fifth level. Yay, now I can do cool shit. But you miss the building part, you know, where you, you've mm-hmm. built contacts and relationships and enemies. And, and that's what they're, they're mired in. They love this stuff. Um, so we we went very similar to you, but instead of changing the story, we changed the character and the story. Or you had the ability to change the character. Or you can just stay with your one character and build them. Several people have done that. I'm going to stay with my one character. And yeah, they progress further than everyone else, but not by much because we don't throw a lot of experience points out there. So it's like, okay, my character's at first level. Mine's at third. But you'll need that one strong character. And the difference is not so huge that they, everyone feels outclassed. And that's how right. we went about it. I like it. No, I like that. It's not copyrighted. You can use it. Jerry, <laughs> we, 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 we can make separate characters. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone likes making characters. Like that's, that's the fun part. That's the fun part is making. And we, to, we challenge everybody to make things they've never made before. Try a race, a class, um, you know, a, a skill set, um, mm. a gender that you've never played before. And, and give it a try. And if you don't like it, well, don't use that character. You have two others. The good thing about short stories is that you can change the characters pretty quick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 How do how do you guys determine like who's gonna who's gonna run the next game? Do you uh, do you wait for someone to just jump in, or do you kind of have it plotted out? Uh, I wish we could say we had some complex system, but we don't. <laughs> Generally, it's. Um, you know, Aaron will, Aaron will uh, say, like, I'm running this game. I got an idea for a game. And really, you know, I'll just keep running mine. And at the end of my game, typically Aaron or Brian or both uh, have a game ready to go. And they're just like, hey, I want to run mine. But if, if both of them do, you know, we just kind of have a discussion. Just like, okay, who wants, who wants to run theirs first? And they go to it. And typically my, one of my problems is Storyteller ADHD. Um, I come up with, I come up with about six stories while I'm standing in the shower and about three more when I use the toilet. What is it about Um, gamers and showers? (laughs) As we look over at Scott, who goes, I was standing in the shower. I get these phone calls all the time. It's like, why do I need to hear that part? That's That's, a visual I don't want. It's it's key. It's my creative space. Nobody bothers me. (laughs) I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, I was in the shower. I don't need to hear that part. <laughs> oh, sorry. the The rotation of the uh, of the GM typically ends up going like they, where like Jared's uh, getting close to finishing a game, or maybe we can kind of see the the light in the horizon, and and so that that's typically the indication that you know you got to get your button gear and kind of get one ready for the, for the <laughs> next week. every now and then. You know, there, there's always breaks between between games here and there, but for the most part, you know, we try to game about every week, and you know, at the, for that kind of schedule you kind of see how long somebody has it and jared will throw out a prediction like i think my game's probably going to go four sessions okay what does that mean it doesn't mean anything we, we could we could break his game in one session or we could uh you know 
look lost for eight. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of, kind of gives you a gauge on how long you have to kind of develop and, and work on your next game. Well, I'm sure more than once you've broken into rock, paper, scissor, lizard, Spock to figure out who's going to do the next one. <laughs> so, yeah, so with World of Darkness, um, we all know that it has a high mortality rate. So do you guys get attached to your characters? And if there's any mortality with the characters, how do you handle characters' deaths? So, okay, uh, absolutely. World of Darkness you can get hit by a single round from the assault rifle and you go from bash or you go from healthy to literally dead on one perfect roll. So my players very fortunately have learned very quickly to take cover first, you know, before shooting back. So mortality is, is definitely a thing in white wolf. It, it does not leave a whole lot of room uh, for error in the combats. So do I get attached to my characters? Uh, the one character that I'm playing now, I'm very attached to, um, mainly because Brian and I uh, have been the um, uh, characters in, in two of Aaron's games now, and our characters really have like a good click. You know how it is when you, when you have a, a party that's really clicking? Oh, yeah. And, and our magic. characters just really... It is. It, it, like our characters... It feels like they've known each other for 50 years, you know, when they when we just developed these characters, you know, a few months ago. Um, they, they just really snap well together. If my character dies, unfortunately, you know, these things, they, they, they happen in White Wolf, you know, and, and they happen out on the street. A, a single stray uh, catches you and then and that turns out your lights. You know, so handling character deaths is a, is a very complicated thing. And you know, Aaron's already, uh, you know, we discuss in our podcast a lot, and I will totally just admit this on your podcast. I cheat. I cheat so often as a storyteller. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I, I rolled the dice behind my hand before we used computers. Now that we use computers, I use the GM roll whenever I remember to because a lot of times I don't. But I, I I cheat. I save my character's life by, like, one health point so they can you know, gurgling their bloody gurgles and <laughs> crawling forward to their friends while gunfire tears around them is such a better story than, you know, boom, lights went out. Way, um, way better. I mean, look at the ending part of The Sopranos. No one liked that. It, no one liked yes. that. Everyone hated it. <laughs> yep. um, it. It's so much better, you know, when you've got the heroic story at the end. The, the, the hero gets mangled and walks away with the war wound will i will i knock people out with uh with their stupidity yeah someone makes a, a dumb move and decides to stand up while somebody's you know emptying a belt fed magazine in their general direction yeah I'll, I'll i'll clip you for that um i might not save your life for that um <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd rip but, off a limb in a heartbeat exactly rip you know. off a limb let him let him scream there for a little bit it's happened you know and and generally, typically, it's it's interesting when when characters get or players get war wounds like that. You'll see them a lot of times. Be like, I don't want to play. Uh, you know, we we discussed actually. I think on one of our last podcasts, Aaron and I discussed. You know, one of our old friends. Um, he whenever his character took any sort of blemish, new character, he would he would retire his own character. I wouldn't even have to work on it. But with World of Darkness, I will say this: when I first started storytelling World of Darkness, I came at it with the same. 
uh, okay, you lose a character, the foul or uh, um, remake a character as Palladium. You know, we were young and remaking character wasn't a big deal. But as we got older, and you know, I realized that getting as a storyteller, I, I, I completely formulated this out of my own selfishness. Bringing in a character, so werewolf, they centered themselves around packs, right. um, vampires around coteries. Um, so like groups, how the hell do I get this character in there? Like shit, they've been together for three years. They're not going to send some newbie into the group or somebody that they don't know into the group. And it's exceedingly difficult. So I started cheating on my players' behalfs, not only to make a great story, but, um, you know, to, to make my life a little bit easier. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, and that, that's how I deal with, with a lot of lethality. And it's, you know, when, when a character dies, I do attempt to make it as, it, it depends on the situation. You know, when a character dies, if they're dying from their own stupidity, you know, I'll, I'll clip you and that's that I'll move on, you know, pop, pop, move on. And, you know, if, if I'm clipping you because you're doing something epic, I'll give you that epic death. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll break into the cinematics mode and let, let's make this something, you know, cause then you walk your player walks away from the experience. Like I died, but I died a great death. And that's, and you that's know what I mean? huge for the story, right? You know, you, you, um, you have a choice between, uh, Tywin Lannister getting shot on the shitter or, uh, Boromir going down, you know, in that epic badass fashion. And uh, Kaboom. yeah, right there. Grown grown men cry when Boromir goes down. No matter how many times you see it, but everybody's like, "Oh man, Tywin got it on the oh. crapper." That's humiliating. <laughs> you know, that's no way to go. You want to go big. <laughs> exactly, and it's it's so that's yeah. Character death is is literally just as you described it. It's the Tywin Lannister, and generally that's my players acting uh, out of a, a very, you know, they're. <laughs> being an idiot and I'll, I'll take it. And, uh, but typically I, I don't have to deal with that a lot because my players understand the lethality of my games. Um, they understand that, you know, a single shotgun shell could take you out and, and my players have adapted. They've, they've really become quite the tacticians in their own right. You we know? really learned the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did too. One, one night. Right, yeah, Scott. yeah. Lou's mentioned yeah. how much how how he learned the lethality of uh, White Wolf system when he shot Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so so Lou learned the lesson. Lou's a jerk because <laughs> he killed Scott's character. <laughs> when the wild card kills a party member, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it is surprisingly mortal. Yeah, that's. The, I mean, there's a whole story to that incident but we won't go into that's a long story are you sure you don't want to share come on we got time (laughs) i I think a lot of people would be upset Um, not me i think it's funny as hell but yeah that was our first or my first uh real play into world of darkness and you know scott did something and i was like you know we're playing in the 1800s too i think yes so we didn't have all the medical and the know-how that we have of modern times so scott suffered Quite a while. Yeah. Oh. I've been suffering at the hands of Lou for 30 years now, so. (laughs) A gunshot? (laughs) Is that all? (laughs) That was just a bullet. Yeah. Uh, 
So, no, nice. but, uh, so with that said, you an, know, of all the tabletop op, tabletop RPG options, why did you choose World of Darkness? What brought you to it? Um, well, I mean, was besides that your Ferraris and Glocks. Be, besides Ferraris and Glocks, was yeah. it your 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 uh, penchant for the macabre? Um, you know what it was. It uh, I, I wish that I had. I, I was drawn to it in, in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, but you know what? It's 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 a familiar story that I think a lot of us are familiar with. You know, our older brothers, our uh, siblings, they're playing it, and uh, and what do we do? We follow the leader. Um, my older brother uh, started playing White Wolf with his friend, uh, you know, Ken, who still plays with us. So uh, they 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 played a game and they they welcomed uh, you know his his dumbass little brother to uh, join them. We we ended up playing a game. I ended up having a great time. I had my own group uh, already. You know, we're playing Palladium, and I'm just like, this is awesome. Werewolves, you know, come on. And, and werewolves have always been. If you got to go, Team Edward versus Team whatever his name was, Jacob, the werewolf. Don't ask one. me how I, I know that. Okay, <laughs> hey, don't worry. <laughs> team Jacob. I'm Team Jacob. I'm Team Werewolf. I've always had been. I thought they were. I think they're such cool creatures. Uh, terrifying. Probably been terrified of werewolves since Silver Bullet. If anybody oh, remembers oh, that, I love that movie. Yeah. Love that. That was movie. a good movie. And and so you know, I was like, "This is freaking awesome!" The art, the art in the books is just grabbing, you know. And so we started playing it, and you know, then we branched out into vampire, which you know, more grabbing. But you know, I I, I think we we went with the system, you know, for me at least, World of Darkness, because it was probably the first game that we got serious with, and and, and stopped going with the childhood. All right, you're a group of mercenaries, you meet in a bar, you know, and started moving into your group of people brought together for a purpose, your, you know, destiny or uh, random act. And, and, and really, we, we blossomed from there. I think we've stuck with it for so long is because of just how much, you know, my players, myself, other storytellers have put into evolving the story and, and, and everything involved in that you know the emotion the upping it wanna leveling up our our gaming you know um there's there's the shameless plug Aaron. um <laughs> i was gonna give him one tonight i was gonna give him one shameless plug aaron is aaron is the shameless plug master so uh you know we we really got into stories that got so emotional and they got gripping and 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 just i i think we fell into it and we never never let it go but but i want to hear aaron's you know what what again so so as a player in in pretty much all the games you know you kind of go where your dm tells you to go or where your gm tells you to go he's the one who's who was willing to tell the stories and he brought it to us and i think we really enjoyed the first game that we played with it uh, i think we liked that i mean rules are rules but i think just the way that he kind of first told that that first story with the werewolves i thought it was very cool uh and i think he was right it was just a, a definite change in maturity from the games that we were telling which were just off the wall crazy palladium games and we we kind of moved into this where into this world of werewolves and and vampires and uh, i mean we eventually i mean it was probably three or four big games into it jared finally hit his stride and he finally told like the first I would call it the first complete campaign that we ever really told. 
uh, and that was back in like high school. And yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was the, the ending to it, I mean, we, we, we've referenced it before, we call it elders. The ending to it was so emotional. We, we just wanted to see how much further we, you know, we could take vampires and mage and all the other ones that we, we haven't done before um, as we kind of go through that, that, that world. So, I mean, it, we just, again, and that, that's what he was storytelling. So I kind of had to, <laughs> kind of had to stick with it. <laughs> there was a slut attached to the back of my pickup truck. <laughs> I know that it, sometimes the way you're brought into the game can latch you, you know, for a good long time. Uh, my very first time I played any of the WOD was uh, the Masquerade. And I was handed a pre-gen and it was face down. Yeah, and, and he said, no one gets to turn their characters over just yet. He says, but he's, he gave an intro to everybody and how they were, how they were turned. And I was a businessman, um, lost tens of thousands of millions of dollars. I'm on the 52nd floor of a sky rise and decided to just take a, a step, one more step. And uh, about a quarter of the way down, I looked over and there's someone following me, like right alongside of me. And uh, by the time I hit the bottom, I was uh, a Malkavian. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, That's awesome. Then I get to flip my character over, and it's like, oh, so you gave the crazy old man the crazy character. Great. I'm going <laughs> to have fun with this. He goes, yeah, I figured you would. That's why I gave it to you. But, I mean, that was the first, first you know, introduction to the WD for me. And uh, I really enjoy this system. I, I would like to play it more. Um, but the guy's... I mean, let's face it, D&D's our staple, and we love it, and that's mm-hmm. what we'll probably go back to. But if there's a chance to play uh, any of the WOD, no matter what it is, including Hunters, I, I'll play it all. I'll play it all, because I do. I enjoy the genre as well. I enjoy the genre as well. Um, uh, for me, it's 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 not a Glock. It's a six-hour. Uh, but, you know, the Ferrari I see along with. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I enjoy the system. Uh, I know we've had a lot of fun with it with the guys. It, it's been usually like two, three, four, you know, episodes, and that's about it. Uh, we do it was a, a nice, of... nice taste, yeah. of of WOD. I, I usually around around this time. Around this time is yeah. is when we start like our our run, and uh, yeah, very often we we almost always have a, a Halloween special that goes on for three, four, five weeks. That's all wrapped around WOD. So. We're getting ready to. Awesome. to we're, we're normally, we'd be queuing that up right about now, or pretty darn close to it. We'll see what happens. It's going to be. You may have to do this remotely, but which is too bad. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take a break uh, for a word about our sponsors, and we are back with Aaron and Jared from the Level Up Your Gaming podcast. Thank you. So, how do you guys craft a modern horror campaign for your game? What's your formula? Okay, my formula. Number one, I love music. Bringing music and sound into my games has amplified the terror of my players to exponential heights. At least I'm hoping it does. Aaron, does it does it spook you a little it, bit it, more? It really does. Yes, you 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 have done you've upped your horror game consistently over time. And I, I'm not joking. The the game that we did, we we brought up the Wendigo game. There was a night that I left your house and I was like there a freaking Wendigo out here? Like, I was, I was, I was sure of it. I was, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna get attacked by like a wolf or something. (laughs) 
So, you know, honestly, uh, creature bellows are fantastic, especially when you go, uh, go to nature to find certain things. Like the call of the Wendigo was actually a variation of, uh, of an elk um, sound. You know, going to nature and, and, and finding some of, the, some of the scary things out there, hyenas, laughters, just some of the weird, creepy sounds that... I, I got one for you you have to use. Look up a, um, a crying fox. Ooh. Or a screeching owl. Uh, a crying fox sounds just like a crying baby in pain. Or, or an elderly woman. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had one not long yeah. ago. I was like, oh, I, mean, I don't know if I need to get my gun and go into the woods, but the fat security <laughs> guys always bite it first in horror movies, so I'll just lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, he's got a point. Yeah. They, well, they we usually were, do. We were out um, having you know a little on a fire pit, and we heard a screeching owl, and we were like, what the hell is that? Because it sounded like a, an injured horse you know, whinnying. That, that really kind of spooked us all. It was kind of dark out anyway. And, and, you know, it's, it's because, and I, I go off on my weird tangent about this because it's, it's embedded in us. It's, it's humanity, you know, stretches back thousands of years uh, to the time when we didn't have fire um, and we couldn't see what was eating us in the dark, you know? So sounds can inspire in us an, an instinctual uh, response. And also with the darkness itself, when I, uh, formulate horror stories i try to focus on reducing visibility as much as possible you know when my players look out is there snow obstructing is there force obstructing is there is there just pitch darkness you know and my players nowadays and and aaron will confirm this with wholeheartedly uh i don't think his character goes anywhere without a knife and a flashlight nowadays you know, reducing visibility, reducing, bringing that darkness, it, it inspires that instinctual part of the human uh, condition of, you know, we, we go back to an area where we didn't have fire. Because, you know, and I, I used uh, some of Roll20's tools to help with this. You know, I used their dynamic lighting system. Um, so my players couldn't literally see outside of a, of a 10 by 10 circle was very effective until, you know, Aaron went back to his car or his character went back to his car, picked up the rifle that had a thermal scope, and suddenly he's seeing 2020. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gotta love when the characters cheat. <laughs> yep. Oh, he cheated I'm, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Them. Utilize their resources. <laughs> yes. Oh, so so the, the, the thermal scope came because of the Wendigo game. It was, I didn't have it until the Wendigo game. <laughs> <laughs> And then he was like, no, I'm going to see this guy's body heat. And of course, it didn't give off body heat, but, you know, still. So really uh, sound. Visual is a a big thing. Uh, Suspense. So that sound and giving that moment of pause between you and action. So, for example, you know, I might say you slowly peer open the door. All you see is the bottom of the the abyss, the never-ending black. And then I'll pause and then, you know, it it, it comes out of the darkness, you know. So it's really letting their imagination. And and this is one of my final points. It's actually, even though I I recently listened to another podcast about how much Alfred Hitchcock was not a good man. um, He does have a good rule. Uh, Never show the monster until the last 30 seconds or last five minutes or a little bit. It's because whatever your players come up with their imaginations is 10 times more terrifying 
than you can create. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I so, agree. and really that's what I come to with my, with my horror formula is I, is I focus on darkness, suspense, sound, and letting their imaginations run wild. I mean, in the Windigo game there, Aaron, Aaron talks about, and that I'm very, very proud of. Uh, that's one of those games that if I could make a trophy for it, I'd, I'd put it on the trophy shelf. Because um, <laughs> trust me, I got a lot of games that would not go on that shelf. I got a lot of games that I, I, you guys ask about, and I, you just see me kind of pushing stuff into the closet and closing the door with my foot. Um, like I never did a game that did that. Um, but the Windigo game, you know, really... I had amped my players up to a point of paranoia where they didn't even know they stopped trusting other uh, NPCs, NPC allies. They stopped trusting, and nice. that's really when I hit that. Yeah, that's that good table. stuff. That's good. Yeah, you know when and they invented something after that called the trust tree. <laughs> and it's, it's been ongoing. We've never stopped having the trust tree. Now is he in the trust tree? I don't know. I don't know yet. So, so what is this? What is this trust tree that you're talking about? I want to hear what it's what it's about. because oh, Lou wouldn't be on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Lou, Lou's going to see if he can cut it down. It's just it's, it was it was just um, a, a way to, to to identify which NPCs we thought we could trust versus the ones that we couldn't trust. Because we, J- Jared really did a good. I think his, his his goal for the game was to try to set up a scene of of isolation and uh and kind of decay in the world and instead we got this this sense of like massive paranoia and like the feeling of like terror that we are in a foreign land essentially and we don't speak the language they're the primary language and we think everybody could be in on this murder like and we're now here just a bunch of Bunch of private investigators just wandering around, and if you ever seen the uh, the movie Wind River, yep, uh, that's sort of what he kind of based One the of game on, or, 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 or that that kind of setting in, in on an Indian reservation. And it was just he just did such a good job, and he had, he had so many different points to it, and he just he, he had <laughs> storylines on it that that if you had gone down a rabbit hole, you could have been gone for days and days and days, just just terrifying yourself about different stuff that was happening there. But um, one of the things that he did really well, and, and Jared didn't bring this up, but um, he always says to make something really creepy, <laughs> take something that's normal to you and just turn it a little bit. So if it's just a little off, that's really creepy. That's the thing that, that makes your hair stand up. When, you know, like I said, when you walk out into a pitch black room, like you're supposed to be able to see and just, you know, everything's fine, but just your hair stand up just a little bit. And just, you start thinking about like, just, just, you know, that, like the, the cry of the, 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 the screeching owl that you mentioned. Aaron, Aaron found out, I told, I was stupidly told Aaron, the, the only like horror thing that, that freaks me out is that spider walk. Like you see in the exorcist. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like. So now, like every game, that's like Aaron's goal. All right, how am I going to put the spider walk in here so I can scare Jared shitless? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now let's 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 see if we can get one of you up on a soapbox. What's your GMing style or philosophy? What are you shooting okay. for? What's the core? Now you've touched on a few bases there, but let let it's soapbox time. So. Soapbox time, philosophical is is I I, I tend to get off on a little. Get off that. That was um, get get off of your box <laughs> towards, towards the end of our podcasts every once in a while, and we'd be you now with uh, Guru Jared. So, in the end, 
you know, I came up with really, really there was two tenants when I said, when it comes down to making decisions in storytelling. One, does it increase the story? And two, does it increase the fun? For me, I, I realized my emotional kick um, from storytelling is the fun of, that my players are having. It's the laughs. It's the time spent together. It's the, the fact that Aaron and I have been friends literally since swimming lessons. You know, Brian, Aaron, and I have all been friends since the sixth grade. I'm now 35, and we still talk, you know, on a weekly basis, if not twice a week, about whether or not it's game-related or related to life. It keeps us together and connected. And I forgot to turn off my phone, so my wife's texting me. Um, Tell her we said hi. I, I will. She's probably like, that's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why, were, why weren't our wedding vows that nice? <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, for, for me, the, the goal of, of, of all gaming is, is creating those moments, those memories, and bonds of friendship that last for decades literally decades and how cool is that how magnificent is that you know in 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 sports you know there comes a day when your knees wear out and you you can't do that no more and and i don't i don't see that that doesn't happen with role playing you know it it just you can keep it gets going it gets better exactly because you have yes you have have more life experiences to bring to the you know forward for your character to enrich it so Yes. And, and as you get older, it's like, it's like a fine wine. You get more refined and, 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 and you get better at it. You know, like the story, I look back at the stories that I, I, I wrote when I was, you know, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. And I'm like, oh my God. I, I'm, then again, I'm proud I put together a cognitive thought. But <laughs> I look at the stories now. Welcome to my world. Because. Right. Um, you know, back then it was all shoot, 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 bang, 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 no consequences. And now I, I, I get to build these whole worlds that are so filled with emotion. Um, I tackle in my stories. I try to tackle different uh, themes, you know, even even stuff that we deal with in everyday life. You know, one of the one of the themes that I'm, I'm tackling in one of our upcoming stories is going to be there's a story behind every door it's it's because in this this game i've created over 59 npcs and we haven't even done day one i have 59 npcs 26 different uh maps and we haven't even done day one yet and it's there's a story behind every door and it's a human story it's called oc you know i mean yes uh No, no, no. That's that's not bad. We all have it. Trust me. <laughs> on the note, <laughs> I'm the one who actually has it clinically. I take, uh, yeah, I take yeah. two pills a day for that one. <laughs> the one for the own, one for the D. The C just kind of run with it. Yeah, the C, you know. Yeah. Well, the C's the worst. I'll t- I'll take the I'll take the the D. Um. So. But yeah, my, my, my philosophy in gaming, my, my, my storytelling style, I guess, would say I would, I would say I focus mostly on, on horror and story-driven uh, narrative that I try to give my players as much options and much choices as, as they, can, they can have, where they can walk down an alley 
um, because one of our buddies, Nick, who, who, you know, unfortunately doesn't game with us anymore, but, you know, he's got a family now. He's got a job that, that keeps him away. And um, he said that he played uh, role-playing because it's like playing video games without, without the control. You can go anywhere he wants. And, and I've always kept that uh, close, giving my players options, letting them, letting them explore a world, you know, that is that even if it's modern nights and the world of darkness, you know, the world of darkness gives us that world to explore, even though we know the city of, you know, New York, we know Los Angeles, we know Chicago, we know, you know, all these cities, but it's in the dark alleyways. It's in those creepy areas that are the tingling and the hairs on the back of our neck tells us not to go in. There are stories there, you know, and, and, the oh, there, there's so much more to the city than Main Street and Elm, right? That's true. <laughs> you know, it's it's, and there are just so many stories and in so many places you can walk that literally the the possibility for your players is endless, and it's in that endless journey together uh, that you know bonds of friendship keep for years and years. And, and, and now that's I'm absolutely true. Off my soapbox. Yep. There oh, you go. It's 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 true because we have a we have a similar story. Like I look back to when I first met Lewis, and you know his his hair was all one color, and I had hair. You know, it was how long ago it was. <laughs> you know, and it's been believe it or not. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, the the game the game brought all of our our group of friends together, and we've known each other now longer than we have have not and that's uh that's that's a pretty special thing Um, yeah think about it there's not many humans out there who can say that yeah so it's it it is it's a wonderful tool for building relationships and in and keeping them and friendships yeah 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 bringing new players into your table meeting new people experiencing new things again it it, jared's right it's 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 all about having fun with your players i'm when lewis talked about it like it's it's about getting together with the guys every weekend uh, when we we when we had you on our podcast, I agree with him wholeheartedly. Like it's it's more about being together with Jared and Brian and Ken and uh, whoever else is at the table that night and and having a good time than it is about I'm the GM and I'm going to tell my story and you guys are going to walk through it and if you don't do it right, it's it's not good. Like it, it's not that. It's 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 more about it's it, if the players walk away from that night and they're they're going oh my god i can't believe this happened i can't believe that happened like that's the best feeling you can get as a gm and as a player that's the best i think compliment you can give your gm yeah well i know when when they walk out of the cellar here when we have one of our games and they spend another half an hour standing in the driveway talking about the game (laughs) that's when you know you've had a good game that's that's a good time that's when you know you're done right well right up until the point where my wife usually throws the window open the rest of the way going we you sons of bitches shut Shut up up. i'm trying to sleep (laughs) And uh, then it's like, well, guys, time to go home, and uh, I, I need to go in there and 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 quell the the wrath of the dragon. But um, see you next week. <laughs> You've already kind of uh, told us a lot about your group, but how do you manage the different personalities? You know, you got a gaming table full of different personalities, and um, you know, people who want different things out of their game. How do you guys approach the management of that as as a well, in your case, as a storyteller, um, you know, fortunately, um, the, the the personalities in, in our table, you know, it's 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 actually interesting because politically, uh, it, it, it's funny. I'm just gonna 
it's it's a very interesting thing to to me. Our our friend Brian is is very politically different than than Aaron and I, and yet we never get into an argument about it. Not that we don't talk about it. it it's it's that we're, we're we're there for game and and we're all friends and we all love each other. You know, we're family, and and we're never going to let stupid stuff like that get in the way. So you know, when it comes to managing personalities at the table, it, it's focus on the friendships, focus on the on the areas, you know, just like any any marriage or any relationship, there's give and take, there's 50-50, and there's two people that have to work uh, towards that relationship being something special. Uh, and that's not to be in a weird way, you know, with friends. You know, it, 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 takes, it takes something, you know, and it takes sometimes a, a, a conversation that's crappy, and sometimes it takes a conversation that's fantastic. And... You know, managing personalities around the table is, I'm blessed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just downright blessed with, with the people that I play with, my friends. It, it's, it's very easy for me. Um, we have welcomed other people into our table uh, that, you know, I, I, I wish that we could have found a, a way to, to help them or to be, uh, to be more, more in sync with everybody. But, you know, um, sometimes it just, Unfortunately, it doesn't work out. You know, it, it's those are opportunities uh, that you know just didn't they they didn't foster. Um, they didn't they didn't come to fruition. No, we we ran so, into that a few times ourselves. Yeah, and, and everyone yeah, yeah. does, and and you can't can't beat yourself up. You can't, um, you know, oh my god, we we didn't get the one player. You know, it's it's, but at, at the core, you know, our group is 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 it's, it's founded on, on on good friendships and good times and. And laughs and, and jokes and you know and, and really that's that's what it takes to can you can you have a good time and and could you can you share a world with us and and that's really what it comes down to. I think we ask that question a lot because I think we're in a another a situation where our group is a little bit larger than most. Yeah, um, yeah. And, compared to ours, yeah. And well, compared to pretty much any of them from what we've seen, but so for us, it, it does become a complicating factor at times. So, so we, we get in the habit of asking, you know, well, how do you deal with this? You know, cause we're, we're looking for like maybe another way to, <laughs> but I mean, we've done pretty good. I mean, to maintain our numbers, uh, people get along and we've done a pretty good job of, you know, making sure everyone gets along. I think we, we old enough and, you know, smart enough to put put our differences aside for a little while while we're at the game. Yeah. Table. A lot of that too <laughs> yeah. does come with the maturity. I mean, I think the youngest person in our group is, 41, 42? 36, isn't it? 30, 36. We, we got 30, us yeah. a whippersnapper. Oh, yeah, 36. Yeah, we have a, ch- we have, we have a kid yeah. um, at 36. Um, it's, it's acceptance, too, I think, really. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. what, and that's what makes, um, I think that's what makes uh, friendship last uh, decades. It's you, you don't expect something of your friend that they can't, they can't deliver, and you accept them yeah. for who they are. And we have a lot of vastly different political and social views vastly vastly in our group <laughs> and you know we're we're still friends we still love each other we still yep. get together and have a good time at the gaming table we accept the people for who who they are not based on their their political beliefs or their their exactly their, or or our expectations of what they should be like yeah we take them for who they are and, you know yeah. our, our expectations of somebody else means nothing as, as far exactly. as you know, as far as friends come, you know, it's like you know, this is who you are. Oh yeah, I'll accept the way you are. 
I mean, again, when, when you guys told us how big your table was, oh I was God. amazed. I was, I was just amazed that you were able to tell stories that just didn't go off the rails. But I guess, I guess with, with age comes maturity, or you'd hope. Not always. Uh, so, <laughs> no, no, no. Just, it's, it's trial it's, and it's, error. It's, 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 in some cases, some trial and error. But, I mean, it, again, with, with, with us, it's, it's a little bit easier because we have you know, a smaller group uh, a smaller group of people. And like I said, we I've known Jared and I've known Brian for, you know, well over two decades at this point. I mean, the longer you know someone, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to fit in and kind of make something. If you've known someone that long, you probably have a good relationship with them outside of the gaming table. And, and you already is, know their foibles and yeah. you've already worked around them. And you accepted them too. Yeah. Yeah. Crafting a game for them might be a different issue, but that's a, you know, that's a, it's a whole separate topic. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a topic well, what else you got? That is it. That's the end. I, um, I think, yeah, I think we pretty much hit all the points. I, you know, I think you guys are, are fantastic. Uh, we had an absolute blast talking to you guys. We had a blast being on yours and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on our podcast. We really enjoyed coming us. here. We enjoyed having you on our podcast. We hope we get to do something again with you guys. Someday. We, yeah, that would be great. We have yeah. to make a commitment, I think, and it doesn't have to be tomorrow or next month, but to get together and enjoy a game together. And I, I think that that is, is definitely something we should be we should do. Or a Ren Fair. Or a Ren Fair. Just so you know about medieval clothes. Whatever they have those again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he can watch some of Scott's favorite movies. Well, yes, we can watch some of Scott's favorite movies. Hawk so. the Slayer. I'd say Hawk yeah. the Slayer. Hawk the Slayer. Yeah, it's just... don't watch Crawl. it. Crawl. Yeah. <laughs> never even heard of it. Oh, <laughs> these are your B minus movies. We one of the right. one, of, one of the things we did one of the things we did for several years is try to find um, some of these um, interesting interpretations of fi- uh, fantasy um, movies. And cinema most, gold, cinema gold, yes, and see who come up with cinema see who come up with the one that was the worst of the B movies. I am still not allowed to bring Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a there's a, a massive library out there of really bad, fantastic movies. Yeah, that, that we would everyone would just start bringing. We'd spend an entire evening watching these things. A non-gaming thing we do is we do bad zombie horror movies. Yeah, we find we find the worst of the worst. When Blockbuster was a thing, we used to go to Blockbuster and shop the shelves to find two or three that we could could watch for game film, is what we called it. So. Yep, yep. <laughs> Blockbuster was a gold mine <laughs> yes. for for bad movies. It was I like, miss it. I, it was I the miss promised it. land. I, yeah. I I loved it when the one by us was closing up. Uh, when they're shutting down the chain, I walked in with a friend of mine, and we bought the entire anime section. Nice. Yes, and, they and, well, they, and, they're and, so cheap and, at and, that point. And pay, we paid something like fifteen cents a video, you know, DVD. Actually, they're all DVDs. And uh, yeah, we we bought the entire aisle. Well, that was a thousand dollars back in those days, but that was quality VHS. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't knock my VHS player. I still have one too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let, let's uh, let's get together in game one of these one of these days. And when all this this COVID BS is over, we we still go away for a week. Oh, absolutely. You know, well, well, well I'll, I'll definitely. I'm 
when the COVID stuff ends, I, you know, we'll we'll plan a, a trip. We'll come meet you guys. Yeah. yeah, you can. I can guarantee you, you will receive an invitation packet for the week getaway. Oh, that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited. You made a promise. Now I'm going to keep. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's our Halloween special. Special thanks to our good friends Aaron and Jared from the Level Up Your Gaming podcast for joining us. Check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a host of other platforms. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Go check them out. Our Halloween special wouldn't be the same without you guys. Thanks again for coming. Thanks, guys. See you next week in the dojo. Thanks, guys. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.